Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, apparently, uh, if you get the text message that we're going to tell you in this story, it means apparently that your boyfriend hates you. We'll tell you what the text message actually is. Uh, in the headlines on the update this Friday, Israel ground troops are advancing toward Gaza City as the diplomatic efforts are intensifying for at least a brief pause in the fighting in the deadliest war there. Meanwhile, Michigan Democrats here in the U.S. are warning the White House that the president's response to the war could put his re-election campaign in jeopardy in the key swing state next year. Well, lot of details. Locally, federal agents have raided the home of a top fundraiser and longtime confidant to the mayor of this city, Eric Adams. The jury has agreed on fraud charges. Will Coyle scored the tie-breaking goal midway through the third. Igor Shesterkin made 26 saves, and the Rangers beat the Hurricanes for their sixth straight win. And a new government report, it shows that fewer high school students are vaping. Yeah, I know it sounds hard to believe. About 10% of high school students said that they had used e-cigs in the previous month. This is the update. Friday, November the 3rd, 2023. Celebrating six years of telling New York's stories. From the Tommy Lynn stage at the Urban Dove Charter School in Brooklyn, New York, broadcasting across the nation and around the world, this is the update with Brandon Julian, a three time winner of the Kingsborough Community College Gold Student Service Award. It's everything that you need to know because anything can happen in New York. Greetings and salutations to you all, folks. Every, excuse me. <laughs> Every last one of you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the update on a Friday. TGIF to all of you out there. Getting ready for another weekend out here in the big town, but it's not just any weekend. Yes, this weekend is the end of uh, Daylight Saving Time, which, and I'm literally consulting Google right now, because apparently every year I get this mixed up about whether we're supposed to uh, set our clocks forward or backwards uh, one hour before uh, before we uh, go before we go to bed. So I believe, and I'm going to take it right now. Did you do? So we're going to be falling back. There we go. We're going to be falling back this weekend. So set your clocks back one hour before you go to bed on Saturday night, because we're going to be gaining one hour of sleep. The only uh, upside to that, well, the downside, I should say, is that the sun will start going down uh, around four o'clock these days, and it'll continue right through uh, winter. And, of course, it will end in uh, March when uh, we'll set our clocks forward and we'll lose the extra hour of sleep. You know, I've never understood daylight saving time, but 
and apparently lots of other people don't as well, which is why they've been trying to make it permanent, but it hasn't happened quite yet. But hey, the good news is that the weekend is going to be dry. That's the first time we've been able to say that since Labor Day. <laughs> and the temperatures and the weather will actually cooperate for once. So, you know, that's good. I'm also supposed to be going on a trip to Boundless Adventures for my job. It's like a high ropes course, but I'll tell you what happened on Monday's edition of the program. So, you know, stay tuned for that. Uh, I'm Brandon Julian, of course, folks. We appreciate you so much for being here, wherever you may be, and however, of course, personally, that you may be listening to us. Lots of news, of course, to catch you up on. We're going to begin this Friday's proceedings with the latest, of course, in the war between Israel and Hamas. Israel ground troops, they are advancing toward Gaza City as the diplomatic efforts are intensifying for at least a brief pause in the fighting in Gaza's deadliest war. President Biden has suggested a humanitarian pause and Arab countries, including those at peace with Israel, have expressed the mounting unease. Roughly 800 people, including foreign passport holders and dozens of injured Palestinians, have been allowed to leave the Gaza Strip through the Rafra border crossing, following weeks of talks. Um, the Palestinian death toll in the war has now exceeded 9,000. More than 1,400 people in Israel have been killed, most of them in the initial rampage back on the 7th of October. And around 240 hostages were taken from Israel into Gaza by the militant group. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, in this country, the U.S. of A. over in Lansing, Michigan, Michigan Democrats, they've been warning the White House now that the president's response to this war could put his re-election campaign in jeopardy in the key swing state next year. Michigan, of course, was one of the three so-called blue wall of states that includes Wisconsin and Pennsylvania that Biden won in 2020 after Trump won them in 2016. The state holds the largest concentration of Arab Americans in the nation, and many in the community are pledging to coalesce against Biden's re-election campaign unless he calls for a ceasefire in the war. Thousands of people they gathered in Detroit, downtown Detroit, last Saturday to call for a ceasefire. Of course, as I said, we will have the latest details, of course, on Monday's edition of the program. Now, on to some of the other news of this Friday. And a lawmaker here in the city has now been arraigned on a gun charge after prosecutors say that she bought a brought a firearm to a pro-Palestinian demonstration. Authorities say the Republican city councilman, uh, Ina Verkinov, was seen in photos and videos with the butt of a gun jutting out of her waistband while she attended a protest back on the 13th of October at Brooklyn College. She was charged in Brooklyn Criminal Court with one count of possessing a gun in a sensitive location. Verkhanov's attorney, author Idala, said that images appearing to show his client bringing a gun to the protest, they could have been altered. Out west uh, in Syracuse, 
Uh, Cornell University, they are canceling classes after a student was charged with making online threats against Jewish people on campus. 21-year-old Cornell Jr. Patrick Dye has been charged with posting threats to kill or injure another using interstate communications. Officials have responded to the anti-Semitic threats by sending police to guard a Jewish center and kosher dining hall as unnerved students are fearing for their safety. A school spokeswoman says that the closure on Friday was in recognition of the weeks of stress. There's been, of course, a swell of both anti-Semitic and anti-Muslim rhetoric on, online amid the war. Major League Baseball. They've avoided a possible challenge in the U.S. Supreme Court to its antitrust exemption when it settled a federal lawsuit and two in New York State Court filed by minor league teams who lost their big league affiliations. James W. Quinn, a lawyer for the teams who sued, uh, said yesterday that a settlement had been reached in all three cases. Uh, Quinn said that the terms of the settlement were confidential. Uh, MLB themselves, they have declined to comment. To the state capital in Albany we go now, where ride-hailing companies Uber and Lyft, they're going to pay a combined $328 million to settle complaints that they improperly saddled their New York drivers with taxes and fees that should have been paid by the passengers. State Attorney General Tish James announced the settlement yesterday. Uber will pay $290 million and Lyft will pay $38 million. The money will be distributed to current and former drivers. The companies have also agreed to provide drivers with paid sick leave and give drivers outside of New York City a minimum wage of $26 an hour. Uber's chief legal officer said the agreement moves us, quote, moves us forward with a model that reflects the way that people are increasingly choosing to work. Uh, federal agents, uh, they have raided the top home, they've raided the home, I should say, of uh, a top fundraiser and longtime confidant to the mayor of this city, Eric Adams. Agents yesterday, they searched the home of Brianna Suggs in Brooklyn. That's according to a law enforcement official who was not authorized to uh, publicly disclose details of the investigation and spoke to the AP on the condition of anonymity. An FBI spokesperson confirmed that a court author out at the address, but declined to comment further. News of the raid, it came shortly after Adams abruptly ditched a, a planned White House meeting and flew back home here to New York. A lawyer for Adams' campaign said it would, quote, comply with any inquiries. Uh, Suggs did not respond to a request for comment. Meanwhile, uh, Eric Trump, he's now testified at the former president's civil fraud trial that he was never involved with or aware of the financial statement, statements that state lawyers say fraudulently puffed up the ex-president's wealth and the worth of their family business. He clarified his answer yesterday after he was shown decade-old emails from a fellow Trump executive 
asking him for information on the financial statement, for the financial statement. Eric testified, quote, We're a major organization, a massive real estate organization. Yes, I'm fairly sure I understand that we have financial statements. But he insisted, quote, I had no involvement and never worked on Donald Trump's financial statement. Eric followed his brother and co-executive Don Jr. in testifying at the trial. Their father is scheduled to testify on Monday. In other news, we're going to go over to Lockport, where a county lawmaker is accused of now slashing the tire of a truck a truck parked outside of a local bar. Niagara County legislator William Collins Sr. is charged in a warrant issued back on Monday with third-degree criminal mischief. The misdemeanor is punishable by up to a year in prison. The Republican legislator did not respond uh, yesterday to phone calls and emails seeking comment. Police told the Niagara Gazette that they have surveillance video showing Collins committing the crime last week. The owner of the damaged pickup truck told police he saw Collins inside the bar, but does not know why he would have slashed his tire. Collins represents Lockport in the legislature's 12th district. He is up for re-election next week. And finally, back here in the city limits to New York, uh, a jury has convicted Sam Bankman-Fried of fraud charges. The 31-year-old California man was convicted yesterday in Manhattan Federal Court by jurors who rejected his testimony that he didn't defraud thousands of customers worldwide who counted on him to safeguard the billions of dollars they deposited in accounts. Bankman-Fried, of course, has been jailed since August when a judge concluded that he tried to influence prospective trial witnesses. He was extradited to the U.S. last December from the Bahamas, where he had operated the FTX cryptocurrency exchange and a hedge fund, among other businesses. Time for us to step aside momentarily when we return on the update this Friday. We have a few important messages to tell you from the MTA. Gonna talk some sports and how the Rangers got a late game rally and uh, what they were able to beat the Hurricanes to win their sixth in a row. If you get this text message, apparently it means that your boyfriend hates you. It's a single tweet. It's kicked off a thread with over a million views, thousands of comments, and a concerning amount of retweets. We'll tell you exactly what it is. And then later, we're going to talk together, of course, the, nearest, the, ne the latest national news. In Washington, the House has approved a nearly $14.5 billion military aid package for Israel, but without humanitarian assistance for Gaza. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, when the update with Brandon Julian on a Getaway Friday, the first in a brand new month here in the big town, uh, returns in just a moment. Brandon Julian. Honestly, people, I would do anything for my wife, Tommy, but I know I'm not the best 
romantic person out there. There are more people that are more romantic than I am. Did you know, folks, that a long, long time ago, Prince Edward abdicated his right to the English throne to the woman he loved? Isn't that unbelievable? He had to choose between the woman he loved or being king of England. And that idiot chose the girl. Now, I'm sure, folks, that it was the right moment at that exact moment in time, and I'm happily in a relationship with my wife. But even in the best of moments, each person in a relationship has had a time where they thought, I've made an enormous mistake. But you know what, folks? I bet you never thought I could have been King of England. This is The Update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. And uh, she didn't know whether she should go forward or, or turn or just stay at the stop sign. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. She was very concerned. It was very unsettling for her. It's important for you to talk to someone about it, to bring the family in on it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, I don't want you to worry or be afraid. I'll be there for you and we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. You know, that's a big holiday tradition, you know, it's fruitcake. I love all the holiday traditions, as Jim Gavigan once said. You know, like the Christmas tree. My birthday's right next to Christmas. Christmas tree, you know, we go chop a tree, we go put it in our living room. Sometimes I think that's the creation of a drunk man, really. Some woman wakes up. Honey, why is there a pine tree in our living room? I like it. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna decorate it for Jesus. And then I'm gonna hang my socks over the fireplace. Fill them with candy. Maybe I can tie some leaves to a signal, see if I can get some action. And now I'm gonna puke on this couch. Merry Christmas. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available. Wherever you listen to podcasts. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies. It's time for Traffic and Weather Together. Beginning at midnight on Saturday, November 18th to 4 a.m. on Monday, November 20th and on several weekends in early 2024. Seven and N trains will be suspended between Queens and Manhattan because of the Queensboro Plaza Accessibility Project. 
On these weekends, seven trains will not run between 74th Street Broadway and 34th Street Hudson Yards. N trains will not run between 39th Avenue and 57th Street, 7th Avenue in Manhattan. N trains will run in two sections, between Coney Island and 57th Street, and then via the Q line to 96th Street. And a shuttle train will run in Queens between Astoria Ditmars Boulevard and 39th Avenue Dutch Kills. The Long Island Railroad will accommodate customers at no additional cost for trips between Flushing, Metz-Willets Point, Woodside, and Penn Station or Grand Central. Additional service will run on the E&R lines to accommodate customers. E&R trains are available at Jackson Heights Roosevelt Avenue, Queens Plaza for the R train only, and intermediate local stops. Trains will run every eight minutes on each line during days and evenings. Free shuttle buses will run between 74th Street Broadway and Queens Plaza, making all seven train local stops. The Q93 between Queens Plaza and Vernon Boulevard Jackson Avenue, and the Q92 overnight between Times Square, 42nd Street, and 34th Street, Hudson Yards. Beginning August 28th through the first half of 2024, F trains will run on the E line at all times in both directions between Rockefeller Center and Jackson Heights Roosevelt Avenue because of track replacement along the 63rd Street line. On weekdays, M trains will not run between Rockefeller Center and Forest Hills 71st Avenue. M-trains will run between 57th Street on the F-Line and Metropolitan Avenue. A special F-shuttle train will run every 20 minutes between Lexington Avenue, 63rd Street, and 21st Street, Queensbridge, stopping at Roosevelt Island. The shuttle train will not run overnight. Free shuttle buses will run between 21st Street, Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza on days and evenings, and between Roosevelt Island, 21st Street, Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza overnight. Beginning June 26th through January of 2024, seven express trains will run only between 74th Street, Broadway, and Flushing Main Street in both directions because of station enhancement work and escalator replacement. During rush hours, seven express trains will make all local stops between 74th Street, Broadway, and 34th Street, Hudson Yards. Through early 2024, Manhattan-bound seven trains are skipping 111th Street and 82nd Street, Jackson Heights, because of station improvements. For nearby service, use a Flushing-bound 7 train or use the Q32 or Q48 buses on days and evenings along Roosevelt Avenue. Through December of 2023, Jamaica Center-bound J and Z trains 
are skipping 75th Street, Elders Lane, and Woodhaven Boulevard because of accessibility work and station improvements. During rush hours, skip-stop service on the Z-Train will not be running. For nearby service, use the Q56 bus making stops along Jamaica Avenue. Beginning Monday, February 27th, the passageway connecting the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street is closed because of accessibility improvements. If you normally transfer between the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue, you still will be able to for free via an out-of-system walking transfer between 6th and 7th Avenue. The New York City Police Department would like to remind you to keep your belongings in sight and to stay aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious in the station or on the train, tell a police officer or an MTA employee. MTA crews are here to help us get around. Let's treat them with respect. Assaulting a New York City Transit employee is a felony, punishable by up to seven years in prison. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.90, with the exception of the BX-18A, BX-18B, B60, M116, Q4, Q4 Limited, S46, and S96 Limited, starting September 24th. Transfers on all other lines must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S79 Select Bus Service, pay your fare on board the bus. For all other select bus service routes, pay at the kiosk outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip for possible inspection. The fare on express buses is $7. Coins are not accepted as a payment on express buses. Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. So, uh, Rangers and the Hurricanes going at it at the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. Uh, Will Coyle, he scored the tie-breaking goal midway through the third. Igor Shosturka made 26 saves, and the Rangers beat the Hurricanes 2-1 to to win their sixth straight game. Chris Kreider also scored for the Rangers, who have eight wins in their first ten games for the second time in franchise history. The 8-2 start is second only to when they started 9-1-0 and to begin 1983. Seth Jarvis had the goal for Carolina, which had won three in a row. Frederick Anderson finished with 24 saves. Coyle converted a pass from defenseman Jacob Truba to score his second career goal past Anderson at 10-21 of the third. Uh, down in the nation's capital, uh, Islanders and the Capitals going at it. See what I did there? The Capitals, because they're from one. Anyway, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Pollock, Simon Holstrom, and Brock Nelson scored on 
on, scored on three of the Islanders' first five shots, and they were able to beat the Capitals three to nothing. Simon Varmalov stopped all 32 shots he's faced for his second shutout of the season and the 22nd of his NHL career. Washington's Darcy Cooper allowed three goals on 21 shots. The Islanders won for the third time in four games thanks to Pollock's goal 22 seconds in and two points from Nelson. The Capitals' winning streak had ended at three. Uh, up in the Great North, uh, Devils and the Wild going at it in Minnesota. Jasper Bratt had a goal and three assists, and the Devils jumped to a 3-0 lead and held on for a 5-3 win. Timo Meir, uh, Alexander Holtz, Michael McLeod, and Dougie Hamilton also scored for Jersey, whose league-leading power play scored three times. Jack Hughes added two assists to push his league-leading total to 15. Hughes also leads the NHL with 20 points. That's two ahead of Brad. Uh, Vitek Vanek stopped 22 shots for the Devils, who improved to 3-0 and on the road this season, and have won five of their last six. Uh, Krill Kasparov, Marco Rossi, and Jake Middleton scored for the Wild. And uh, the death of an American hockey player, Adam Johnson, from a cut to the neck in England. It's reignited the debate over skate plate safety. I'm telling you, the details of this act, of this incident feels like, as it's been explained to me, was feels like it was a scene cut out of Final Destination, the movie. The tragedy has made many in the NHL and at other levels think differently about cut-resistant neck protection. Recent incidents of players being sliced in the wrist or through an Achilles tendon have brought some changes. But mandating neck, wrist, or leg protection is easier said than done, even in a sport played at high speeds with razor blades attached to people's feet. Players' feet, I should say. It comes with resistance, much like masks, helmets, visors, and other protective gear that took time to implement. Uh, now, folks, when we return on the update this Friday, if you get this text message from your boy, you, excuse me, if you get this text message, it means your boyfriend hates you. It's a single tweet. It's kicked off a tread with over a million views, thousands of comments, and a concerning amount of retweets. We'll tell you what it is. And then later, we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. Over in St. Paul in Minnesota, the Supreme Court justices there, they appear skeptical that states have the authority to block the former president from the 2024 ballot. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more to you, of course. But first, ladies and gentlemen, we do have to inform you about the following. Where has the time gone? I really hope that I didn't write that line. Well, maybe I actually did. Time continues to move forward, of course, but it's always nice to look back on the past. It helps us grow as people. Plus, you know, you always have those moments where you're like, oh yeah, I remember that from way back when. 
Well, that's what we have for you on the update every weekend. And in our new series, where I look back at my favorite episodes from throughout the many years of this program. I've always said over the years that my producers, they love an excuse to have a party. Every weekend, we're going to go into the update vault and play you some episodes from throughout the many years of this program. And in my new special series, where I look back at my favorite episodes from throughout the many years of this show, once a month, I'll play a select episode from that list. I have a whole list of favorite episodes, and we'll play that for you. It's a big party, of course, and you and your friends are all invited. And if you don't know we're having a big party, you will, after you hear this soundbite, declaring that we are having a big party. So, every weekend, we'll go look out for the update vaults, play some of our episodes for the many years of this show. And of course, also once a month, look out for the list of my favorite episodes from throughout the years. Keep listening, of course, folks, because it'll be a party that you personally will never forget, unless you can't uh, remember that party from, you know, the night before. <laughs> now, of course, the update of Brandon Julian will be right back after these messages. And uh, isn't this exciting, folks? Wow. Oh, don't laugh. Get up notice, but some of you didn't. But uh, that actually is pretty darn good. My producers are getting better last year. For a surprise, they left me a 4th of July wiener. I, uh, I found it on the inside of the couch. All right, it is my duty now to send you back to the remainder of this program, so go. Go there now. Brandon Julian. You know, Valentine's Day coming up, we surprise the ones we love with those big red hearts, you know, filled with the gamble chocolate. Think about it. Has anybody ever eaten any chocolate or those with any confidence? You're like, oh, this is either going to be really good or horribly nasty. Guess I'm just big enough to find out. Oh, I got the one filled with toothpaste. Gonna take another nine of those to get rid of that flavor. You know, there's a big red heart filled with the gamble chocolate, otherwise there's the tiny heart-shaped antacids. I know I make you nauseous. Here's a Tums with Hug Me written on it. You know, maybe that'll help. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities, been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them. But I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just 
immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. From New York, home of your NCAA men's champion, UConn Huskies. This is the update with Brandon Juliet. Available wherever you're listening to podcasts. Indeed it is, folks. Uh, welcome back to the update, Brain and Julian, on a Friday, everyone. Getaway Friday for some of us. Most uh, definitely it's a Friday for others around here, TGIF, to all of you out there. Uh, thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. Big weekend here in uh, town, New York City Marathon this weekend on Sunday. Also the end of daylight saving time uh, when we set our clocks backwards one hour and we gain an extra hour of sleep. Sleep, which is important because that means that winter is not that far on the horizon. <laughs> but you know, I am a fan of winter. I also said this on the show, I think recently, that the month of November seems to go by really, really fast. Because there's only a couple days at the beginning of the month. The following week, there's a couple days off for Election Day, Veterans Day. Next week, well, the week after, is like the first only full week. Because the week after that is Thanksgiving, Black Friday, and such. And then there's only a couple days the week after that before you roll right into December and Christmas time. I'm already ready for Christmas. I got my uh, music playlist going. It's going to be a really good time. I feel like I'm more into the holiday season now than I ever have, than I've been in recent years. And uh, that's good. I think my wife knows it's a good thing, too. She's been very reluctant to take down the Halloween decorations in the studio because she loves Halloween so much and it feels like it was just over in a flash. So I guess uh, I guess I'm putting up the Christmas decorations myself after this show is over, which is fine. I mean, but it's just a lot of decorations and I would just like to, <laughs> I would like the extra help. <laughs> You know, when you've been together for somebody as long as uh, I have, uh, they tend to understand you in a way that probably nobody else would. That's why I made an appreciation poster recently, just like, you know, thank you for being the person who was able to put up put up with me whenever I have my moods, because you're the only one who truly can understand me like that, you know. Uh, but not all relationships are like that. Miss you every single day, Maury. Wish you were on TV again. Uh, but apparently, if you get this text message, it means that your boyfriend hates you. And that message is that phrase where you slowly start hating your girlfriend is crazy. It's a single tweet. It's kicked off a thread with over a million views, thousands of comments, and a concerning amount of retweets. This tweet has unmasked the simmering hatred for women some men hold in the internet culture that helps drive it. At first glance, the tweet looks harmless enough, almost in the vein of the viral trend boy math that pokes fun at men. We talked about this recently. A viral tweet claims uh, that 
ended in women sharing other funny examples of boy math. It was, boy math is being 5'10", but rounding it off to six feet. And yet, this converse, the conversation this tweet has spurred on is nothing short of scary. Men have responded to the tweet sharing shocking and uh, cruel examples of when they knew they started hating the women they were in relationships with. And note, the key word in this is hate. They aren't sharing gripes, ics, or turnoffs. Men aren't sharing silly anecdotes of finding their girlfriends annoying. Instead, they are sharing the reasons they hate women and the kind of behavior they think is acceptable because of that unfounded hate. The threat is at an influx of messages, but there are two main types of response. There's the basic level of men sharing their poor behavior towards women. One person tweeted, When you open a text thinking it's from the woman you actually want, but it's from her. Or when she says good morning and you start feeling nauseous. Another wrote, when you start asking your things like, why is her voice so loud even though it's perfectly normal? Another person vented, when she keeps reminding you about her birthday and it hits you that you have to buy her a gift. And the sad part is, it just progressively gets worse from there. Men aren't sharing quirks and traits that they find unattractive in women. Instead, they're revealing how they see women as lesser. One person complained, quote, I hate when women act like they're so much simpler to get along with and men aren't, before declaring that women are boring and unfunny. The person added, quote, like women are boring and have lame senses of humor. Men can make a boring time fun. IDK, that's just my experience. Another shared that he messes, quote, messes up on purpose with girlfriends and gets frustrated when they keep trying, then they keep forgiving him instead of ending things. Uh, one man confessed that when they stop posting their girlfriend on social media, it is a sign they now hate them. He wrote, uh, you don't post me like you used to. You hate me. Yeah, yeah, I do, he wrote. Another shared he knew he started hating his girlfriend when he began using a burner phone to avoid use, to avoid his current partner. <laughs> God. Someone else wrote that he knew he hated his girlfriend when he started picking fights just to upset her. He shared, quote, when you bring issues out of everything just to make her tired of you. Another said he knew it was over when her tears started bringing him joy when she discovered he was cheating on her. One man actually replied with a comprehensive list of why having a girlfriend was actually a disadvantage. He wrote that women drain your money and resources while swearing that love don't cost a thing. Excuse me. This person wrote, quote, They nag, trouble you unnecessarily, and they feel entitled to, you val to your valuable time. Before complaining that most of the time women were no longer virgins and would uh, would leave you when a better opportunity presented them. Uh, the thread has now just turned into men sharing the reasons why they hate women and why they feel justified in doing so. Young women online, they were shocked by the tweets and have taken now to TikTok to share why it scares them so much. 
Uh, creator Addie ex- shared her pained expression after reading the thread. She wrote, and the TikTok attained millions of views, saying, quote, The fact they typed that out and posted it was scary. One creator simply wrote the thread was not it, accompanied by a sad expression on her face. Another creator shared that after reading the thread, she was now, quote, she was now going to bed peacefully because it made her want to remain single. Uh, someone else pointed out that women shouldn't be surprised by the thread because men are deliberate in their cruel behavior. Men online are also defending the trend and comparing it to boy math. Uh, a man commented, quote, boy math was fun and games, but now y'all can't take the comeback. As if joking about a man, um, about a man exaggerating their height is equivalent to sharing the ways you manipulate your girlfriend that you claim to, quote, hate. A woman wrote in response, quote, Boy math is when girl calls, women call out men's bad behavior, and then men list their abusive tendencies as a clapback. Both comments got hundreds of likes each. Uh, psychologist da- Carly Dober said that the thread just seemed like a, quote, revamped version of classic sexism. She told news.com.au, quote, this seems like a revamped version of the old ball and chain type of degrading comedy in which men make fun and make snide remarks about their partners in order to achieve connection and status with other men. Dober pointed out, though, that even if you wanted to say that, th- that the thread was a joke, it was punching down and ultimately harmful. Uh, she said, quote, it's promoting misogyny, which can cause harm if the behavior is uh, continued. So, now you know. Now you definitely know. One thing that I did find surprising in preparing this show is that there's a new government report. It says that fewer high school students are vaping. Uh, about 10% of high school students said that they had used e-cigs in the previous months. We'll tell you how much down that is from and tell you about it more. Because national news, it's next for us around here, of course, uh, when the update of Brain and Julian continues. Brandon Julian. You know, folks, if you really do think about it, in this day and age, it's a good thing that we can't report people that we don't like to 911 or the police. Can you imagine how that call would go? You know, it'd be like, 911, what's your emergency? Yeah, that lady Carol is at the barbecue again. <laughs> this is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. What is dedication? My daughter started making necklaces. She makes what we call affirmation fashion. I tell her every day that your black is beautiful. Your black is beautiful. And if there's anything better than being beautiful, it's being smart. If there's anything better than being smart, it's being kind. And reaffirming that every day is our method of making sure her chin never drops. My dad wasn't around, and I remember riding a bike and falling off and cutting myself, and me never just wanting to get back on it. People ask, 
How your children learned how to ride a bike and you didn't. I didn't teach them. I just created an environment where they taught themselves and all I had to do was be there. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Brandy Julia. You know, folks, if I were to do something, if I would accidentally combine something, uh, most people would consider it a mistake. But other people actually do these things on purpose. You know what that's called? Criminal intent. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, <clears throat> welcome back uh, to the update of Brandon Julian on a Friday, everyone. A getaway Friday for some of us, most definitely a Friday for others. I uh, thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here uh, with us. You know, let us talk together uh, right now, of course, the latest national news. And we're going to begin, of course, in Washington, where the House has approved a nearly $14.5 billion military aid package for Israel, but without humanitarian assistance for Gaza. The partisan approach by the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, is posing a direct challenge to Democrats and President Biden. Uh, The President has said that he would veto the bill. The next steps are uncertain, since Democrats say the GOP bill will go nowhere in the Senate. Johnson's approach requires the emergency aid be offset with spending cuts at the IRS, taking money instead, instead, intended, I should say, to be used to go after tax dodgers. Biden, instead, wants nearly $106 billion for Israel, Ukraine, Gaza, U.S. border security, and other needs. The House also approved a resolution condemning support on college campuses for Hamas. In other news, we're going to go up to St. Paul in Minnesota. Where Supreme Court justices in that state are appearing skeptical that actual states, the other states, have the authority to block the former president from the 2024 ballot. Some of the justices suggested yesterday that Congress is best positioned to decide whether Trump's role in the Capitol insurrection should prevent him from running. Justices, they sharply questioned an attorney representing the Minnesota voters who sued to keep the Republican off the state ballot under the Constitution of the U.S., its rarely used insurrection clause. The oral arguments are unfolding during a very unprecedented week. A court in Colorado is also debating Trump's eligibility under the insurrection clause of the 14th Amendment. A Trump attorney said that the eligibility question shouldn't even be before this court. Uh, Over in Portland, Maine, uh, the architect of the state's yellow flag law, uh, they said it was designed to stop shootings like the one who, like the one that claimed 18 lives, and that the tragedy needs to be examined to see if changes are needed. 
Investigators are still piecing together details of what information was shared with police and how they responded before mentally mentally ill Army Reservist Robert Card opened fire in Lewiston, killing 18 people. State Senator Lisa Keem, a supporter of the state's yellow flag law, called it a, quote, massive failure that neither Maine law nor red, red flag law in New York, where Card was hospitalized, prevented the tragedy. She said she hopes the governor's independent panel will provide answers ahead of lawmakers' return to work in January. And down south in Memphis, Tennessee, a former police officer there has pleaded guilty in the fatal beating of Tyree Nichols, becoming one the first of five officers charged to reverse course. Desmond Mills Jr. pleaded guilty in federal court yesterday to charges of excessive force and obstruction of justice. It's part of a larger agreement under which Mills agreed to also plead guilty to related charges in state court and cooperate with state and federal investigations, including civil rights investigations by the U.S. Justice Department. Federal and state prosecutors have agreed to a recommended sentence of 15 years. There is more national news for us to discuss, and we will address those, of course, when the update Brady Julian returns in just 60 seconds. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um... Rad, just the same. To learn more, visit adoptuskids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the update of Brandon Julian on a Friday, everyone. A getaway Friday for some of us, most definitely a Friday for others. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, we're talking together right now, of course, the latest national news. And uh, there's a new government report. As a person who works with high schoolers on a regular basis, this news actually has me a little bit excited. There's a new government report from here in New York. It shows that fewer high school students are vaping. About 10% of high school students said they used e-cigs in the previous month. That's down from 14% from the same survey conducted last year. Fewer high school students also smoked cigarettes and cigars. The use of e-cigs among middle school students was about the same as last year. The report was released uh, yesterday by the CDC. They They consider the annual survey its best measure of the youth smoking trends. In other news, we're going to go out to the American West in Los Angeles, 
where the final Beatles recording featuring John, Paul, George, and Ringo has finally arrived. Released yesterday, entitled Now and Then, the song comes from a batch of unreleased demos written by the late John Lennon in the 70s. Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr used the tape to construct the songs Free as a Bird and Real Love, released in the mid-90s. But there were technical limitations to finishing now and then. That changed, though, last year, 21 years after Harrison's death, when Starr and McCartney were able to utilize the same AI methods during the making of The Beatles' Get Back uh, to complete now and then. The final episodes of Yellowstone, starring Kevin Costner, they're going to air in November of next year, of 2024, a delay, of course, of about a year. Paramount Network announced this shift yesterday, which says it was caused by this year's strikes by the actors and the screenwriters. The first half of Yellowstone Season 5 debuted in November of last year. Paramount also announced two spin-offs, a prequel tentatively titled 1944, and a sequel to the current series called 2024. There's no word yet on casting for either of the series. Yellowstone has been a phenomenon for the Paramount Network. The season 5 premiere was watched by over 12 million people, more than any other scripted series airing at that time. Uh, and finally, uh, birds in North America. They are no longer going to be named after people. The American Ornithological Society, they announced the, new, the move on Wednesday. Next year, the organization will begin to rename around 80 species found in the U.S. and Canada. The organization's president says some English bird names have association with the past that continue to be exclusionary and harmful. Rather than review each bird named after a person individually, all such birds will be renamed. Birds that will be renamed include those currently called Wilson's Warbler and Wilson's Snipe. Both are named after the 19th century naturalist Alexander Wilson. Audubon's Shearwater, a seabird named for John James Audubon, will also get a new name. I will let you guys ponder on this as we say in the words of Walter Cronkite, that's the way it is. Friday, November the 3rd, 2023. That is the update on this Friday and for this week. I'm Brandon Julian. We appreciate you being here with us. Episode number one of this program. It was a long, long time ago. I know. I know. As part of my favorite episode series, it'll come next Saturday, wherever you listen to this podcast. Uh, so until next time, in the words, of course, of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hopefully that your news, folks, it will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck. Be safe. And most importantly, please be well. And uh, honey, uh, get out that dental equipment because uh, I don't know, for some reason, I feel like a little root canal. Anyway, make sure you set your clocks back one hour before you go to bed on Saturday night so you can gain that extra hour of sleep.
Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for spending some of your time with us. I hope you have a good weekend. Go cheer out the people running the New York City Marathon. And I will see you right back here refreshed and ready to go for uh, a new week in the month of November. See you then.